Pray for us that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have no faith. Everybody say unreasonable. And somebody say wicked. Yeah, so sometimes you are trying to convince the unreasonable and wicked men. No, but God said, pray. You should do more prayer than trying to convince. Me, there are, there are people in this world I don't talk to. I don't talk to people who argue. No, as soon as I say it one, two, and I realize you are trying to turn it into an argument, I forget about it. I don't, I don't waste my time. God, there is no, there's nothing I'll say that you understand. They call them unreasonable people. Unreasonable people are people who cannot reason. They can't reason. They, they can't change their mind. Bible calls them sometimes sons of perdition. They, they are meant for destruction. They cannot repent. They can't change. And then wicked, unreasonable and wicked men. For all of men have not faith. I remember in, 1990, in 1988, when we were worshipping in Zare Experimental Preparatory School, Zare Preparatory School, 1988, when the church, when the villagers said, our prayer is disturbing their gods, they rushed into the church, started throwing tables down, chairs, vandalizing everybody. They, they closed down the church on that day. I was in Accra on that day, doing my engagement, trying to marry and find a wife for myself. And some people too were busy vandalizing the church. In fact, they scattered the church on that day. The following week was Sunday when we were supposed to do the wedding. And because of the way they had scattered the church, that Sunday I was forced to preach. So I preached on the day of my wedding, but it was an emergency preaching. I preached, I did altar call, I laid hands on the sick. The circumstances were extraordinary. Everything we had lived for, these people had scattered it. Why were you attacking us? They said, our prayer is driving away their gods. That is what you call the gates of hell. When we finished building this church, you know, during the time we were building this church, you know, there used to be a pond here with crocodiles. Eh? And then they used to bury people here. No, this place, the front was like a cemetery. I like the way somebody... I remember when they were digging this place to build, they came, they came and to, told me, they said, Daddy, we saw dead bones. I said, remove them and dig. They said, shouldn't we be pray before? I said, we prayed already. If you don't get into that pit, I'm coming there. I said, build. But, we built. When we finished, I was standing in this corner when an uncle of mine from the village came. He was talking to me, he said, my nephew, you are a strong man. I said, why? He said, you mean you finished building this thing and you are standing here like this? I said, uncle, why? He said, here we don't do things like this. We don't do things like this and remain standing here like this. I told him, I said, uncle, it is the Lord that built this one. That same uncle came to our house, asked my wife, madam, if a human being build this house, May you be extraordinary Amen. to do extraordinary things. 
These are the kind of towns people are afraid to build nice houses because they think if they build it, witches will kill them. But you will build your own, enter, stay in it, and live all your life in it, and God will bless your life. Can I hear you shout an amen? That is it. That's your story. That's your story. We're building this place. Those of you who are here, you know. The front part of the building, where we've done the nice thing, done the road nicely, flowers. We water the place, keep it green, even outside our gate to the gutter. Oh, when we were doing that thing, you should see the resistance. People come and park their motto in front of the church and start shouting. We will not allow them to build this. This is not part of their land. This part belongs to the government. We know. We know that belongs to the government. That one you don't have to tell us. We know. Any place that is dirty belongs to the government. Go around the departments. You will see it. When you see any building that has not been painted for 20 years, it belongs to the government. We know. We know that every dirty land belongs to the government. You don't have to tell us. And you standing there fighting, you belong to the government. That is why you look the way you look. Because if you were not government property, you would look better. I thought you would clap. <laughs> but, but because you yourself, you are, you are government property, you are waiting for government to come and bath you, government to feed you, government to give you free education, government to give you free transport. That is why you are the way you are. You are government property. Your house belongs to the government. Your children belong to the government. What again belongs to the government? When you die, we donate you to the government to bury you. So there's even government cemetery. They said, this, this land belongs to the government. They fought. I said, build the thing. If they want, they should go to court. We'll meet them there. The front of our house, when we were trying to make it nice, they came again. They said from the gate to the middle of the road, 150 feet or whatever, is government property. <laughs> Look, <laughs> after our war, some part was very dirty. So we tried to grade it and make it nice. It is somebody's property so that it will be continuous. They said no. They want this place the way it is. God will punish Satan. That is why I believe. Say So Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And he said, The kingdom of God suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Listen, who here force you, you are too gentle. Too nice. Too nice. I remember several years ago in Accra, I've forgotten the year, when I was writing this book, I said recently. And I wrote the book, I think in 2013, I don't know. Local government officials in the national capital city of Ghana, Accra. They went and demolished a church building under the pretext that it was making noise. 
in Accra. They pulled down a church building. They said that people were making noise. And it was government officials who did it. The government ordered it. Later on, I met a certain minister of state on the plane and I asked him, I said, Alaji, your honorable, do you think if it was a mosque, somebody can pull it down? He said, no. Not even if they build it on somebody's head. He, listen, if they build... <laughs> If you wake up in the morning and a mosque has been built on your head, you cannot pull it down. No, you dare not. You have to carry and start singing. Atariyore me, guranerao. Guranerao, atariyore me, guranerao. Look, he has a reward waiting for everybody and I will receive the reward one day for this mosque I'm carrying. You dare not pull it down. But the church... They can break down a church and we are sitting down. You saw what people were doing in Accra. Just because somebody went and prophesied. You see what they, if it was a pastor. They can insult him and churches will never react. I'm not saying what the Islamic youth are doing is good. Though. But what they are showing is they know how to protect their own. They know how to protect their religion. They know how to protect their leaders. And you touch their leaders, you have touched them. That is what they are saying. But look at us. We would have rather joined to be insulting the pastor. We are old enemies. We are the people that are destroying the church. I have said it in this building all the time. That the war of the religions, the posture of the Christians, I don't think we can win the battle for supremacy. No. We are enemies of our own self. We can't protect our own. We can't protect our own. We can't protect the church. I told mommy today, I said, it's just God who is keeping us. But I'm telling you, any of you sitting here, if some strange, mad person appears from somewhere to come and beat you up, nobody will respond. In fact, Christians would rather start praying. I saw an image of the church, they went to attack. The security man ran naked. And somebody said, Naked we came and naked shall we go. <laughs> the security man of the place. Who is likely to be a Christian? No. They broke down the church building. Can you imagine people are going to build, they are building a mosque somewhere and somebody goes to cross the mark and say stop work. You the AMA, you will be stopped. You yourself. That is the end of it. No. So you have to accept it like that. My problem is that, you know, some of the curses you extend to other religions. Christianity treats us the same way. But you see, we will never be treated the same way until we change our attitude. You see, even the National Cathedral, eh, all the people who took the government to court, they have Christian names. No, they don't have Muslim names, too. Christian names. Am I teaching you something at all? The gates of hell. Ooh, but I know that God will help us. Because the church is not on the defensive. The church is on the offensive. But let me say this first. Let me say this first. Let me, let me talk about this. If the gates of hell have to operate, many times what they do is they target leaders. No, gates of hell don't look for followers. They target leaders. 
And when they target the leader, one of the things they can do is to make you commit a calamitous error. Mistake. You know, one small mistake by a pilot can bring down a whole plane. No, so they target you. They make you commit mistake. Serious. And I've seen it many times as a leader. That is why if you operate around a leader, the last thing you want to do is to talk to him before he preaches. No, before you go to preach, anybody talking to you and discussing any topic, you have to be very careful. You see, normally, like maybe I'm going to preach, maybe Senior Sunday comes to tell me something, maybe Pastor Mike comes to tell me something, maybe Pastor Livingston is trying to tell me something, maybe Daphne is trying to tell me something. You have to be very careful what you are saying. What you are saying can collapse a whole service. Or maybe you are just there. Oh, daddy, daddy, look. This is in the news. I, I may not need it at that time. You can cause me to sleep. Look at what the gates of hell did to David. They just told David, count the people. The Bible says Satan moved David to count the people. On that incident, 70,000 people died. Look at, what is the name? Um, King Jehoshaphat and, and Ahab going to war. One demon said, I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of the prophets. They just fed the, the prophet's mouth with lies. They started misleading the kings and the kings went to battle. And Jehoshaphat nearly died. So, calamitous mistakes. And if you are in a family and the devil wants to collapse the whole family, he just makes the head of the family make a mistake. Yeah, he will make you make some investment. All your money is gone. Make you go on a journey you shouldn't go. Everything is finished. Sometimes put anger in you. And the anger will just destroy everything you have built. I pray that the gates of hell will not use your emotions and your intellect to fight against yourself. When the gates of hell were fighting against Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, it was not a war. It was just an idea. Eat this fruit and you'll be wise. And the last of the flesh, the last of the eyes, and the pride of life. By the way, let me talk about pride a little bit. Let me talk about pride a little bit. Listen. The kingdoms, the ancient kingdoms, Roman empires, Greece, all those kingdoms, any time they had to fall, it was pride. Pride of the ruler and the leader. It was pride that brought down Satan's kingdom. And Satan knew that pride is a very effective element to bring down any kingdom. So if he wants to bring down your kingdom, he injects you with pride. Pride. He injects you with it. You have come to a place now you cannot be corrected. Nobody can talk to you. You cannot get any idea. You have become an alpha and omega. Your church board can't talk to you. Church members cannot make a suggestion. Nobody around you can say anything in the house. In that business, you are the alpha and omega. Nobody can advise you again. You are above the law, even in your own institution. When you get to that point, the gates of hell have prevailed. Pride. And these days, oh boy, the pride in our churches. Hey. This is chieftaincy in the church. Why should people carry your chair into a church? 
kind of chair is it? That is why you come to this church. You see everybody sit on the same chair. We sit on the same chair. You go to Pastor Rob, Pastor's church. Everybody's on the same pew. He sits on the same pew. The church members sit on. And it hasn't killed him. Listen to me. The pride. The pride. Serious titles. Hey, apostle, doctor, something, something. And I'm looking at this apostle who is in an uncompleted church building. He's meeting in a cinema palace. He's an apostle. Doctor, something, something, something. Grandma won't come. And I'm like, hey, that near me, me grow a recoil. And who dare you mistake? My friend, the pastor. Where who? Listen to me. The gates of hell are prevailing. They are prevailing. Your church members are 300. You are a reverend doctor. 50. You are a reverend doctor, doctor. I will. Pride. Arrogance. And I'm not talking about just the title. As for title, you, you can be called reverend doctor and you are humble. But if you are a reverend doctor and somebody meets you and says pastor, don't get angry. I heard of a meeting where a woman of God went to the meeting and she's a prophetess and they made a mistake and they invite, they called her pastor so and so. She got angry, took a bag and left the meeting. Why should they call her pastor instead of prophetess? She left, she left the meeting. The pride can be wild. And it's the same in our families. Your wife can't talk. She cannot make a contribution. You are the head of the house. When you talk, nobody talks. Nobody can make contribution. You are finished. The gates of hell are prevailed. Gates of hell are prevailed. We have a lot of tyrants and, and oppressors in our families and our businesses and our churches. And, and most of those people, the pride manifests itself in control. Domination. When you want to dominate everybody, so you, you become like a Julius Caesar or Alexander the Great or Adolf Hitler. And when you get to that point, the kingdom will come down. So when he said the gates of hell shall not prevail, I, I want you to stop thinking about just witches and wizards. No. So it, most of it is just human beings and the way they behave from outside and among us. And the leader. The other thing too is that the gates of hell sometimes when they want to prevail, they come into our midst with the last of the flesh. With the last of the flesh. In fact, when you see something like fornication is multiplying in a church, you should take it serious. It means the gates of hell have entered the church. People sleeping with people's wives, people sleeping with people's husbands. Young people sleeping with one another. By the time one man floors about three girls in the choir, hell has arrived. Ushers are ushering one another into hotels. Hell has, hell has arrived. When you see the last of the flesh, where church members are taking alcohol, they do parties and there, are, there is alcohol there. I have seen Christian birthday parties with alcohol there. They are serving beer and, and, and whiskeys. And they say, oh, some of the people we invited are unbelievers. Give them communion. Get them born again. Get them born again and give them communion. Stop that compromise. 
Am I preaching on the gates of hell? Stop, stop, stop all this. Witches this, wizards this. I'm telling you witches, wizards, whatever. No weapon formed against you will prosper. That is if you know where to stand. If you know where to stand. A single Christian brother with condoms in your house, hell has prevailed. If you are a Christian brother, you are single, you have condom in your house, surrender them. To Pastor Livingston, carry them on your head. Hot afternoon and bring them to him. Oh, I'm keeping them in case, in case, die of AIDS. It's better to die of AIDS than to stay alive and keep fornicating and go to hell. Should I continue there? The gates of hell. Where liars can just multiply in the church. Say things they haven't seen. They say they've seen. Gates of hell. Shall not prevail. And the pride sometimes is also in the pew. Oh yeah, because uh, I tell you, there are church members sometimes you can't even correct. You can't correct them. No, they are beyond correction. They do a wrong thing, you can't say it. They'll get angry. So you have to leave them to continue the way they are. Nobody can tell you the truth. The church on the offensive. But you see, in spite of all these things, we are on the offensive. Jesus said, I have the keys of hell and death. I have the keys of hell and death. And when you look at the whole armor of God, you will see offensive weapons. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance. And supplication for all sins. Now, the outcome of this battle is predictable. And the outcome is that we are the winners in this battle. Now, the first way I can predict that we will win this war is that we have the weapons to pull down strongholds. The Bible said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Everybody say casting down imaginations. Come on, say it again, casting down imaginations. Say it again, casting down imaginations. Now, if you want to if the gates of hell must not prevail, you must cast down imaginations. Oh, there are a lot of imaginations. There are many people who will not come to church because of imaginations. There are many people that sit in church and because of imaginations, they will not receive the word of God. Do you know there are people who sit in our churches and when an offering is raised, in fact, the biggest time for them to get offended is during an offering because they think as soon as we gather the offering, it goes to the pastor's house. And then in their imaginations, they think the pastors spend all the money of the church. No, pastors live by faith. Pastors live by faith. In fact, many pastors, if you ask them how they got what they had, they cannot explain. It's one little miracle here, another little miracle here, another little miracle here, another little miracle here. And by the time they put them together, they are able to do something meaningful. And you two look at them and say, hey, Asuris can go on. Almost every pastor, people have imaginations they are chopping church money, including Bogatanga. I remember the first time 
I heard some people, hey, these people, they give all their money to the pastor to spare. I was shocked. I, I was very surprised because I was looking in the town to see where the money was. When you look at this environment, does it tell you there's money for somebody to chop? Especially with my height. Six feet, two inches. The money in Bogatanga cannot even feed short people. They say, oh, the pastor is chopping all the money of the people. And I'm looking at them. So it means this, my wonderful sisters at the back, who when they are giving an offering, I feel like crying. Whenever they are coming to give an offering, I take my face away. No, I look away because I wish I could tell them, sit down and we would rather find money and come and give to you. My conscience will never permit me to take money from this church and misbehave. My conscience will allow me. I will never take money from this church and buy a car or build a house. No, I wouldn't do it. When my children were attending school, at a certain stage, especially when the family got attacked like that, people were giving me suggestions. Oh, why don't you let these children go to school abroad? I said, no. They'll go to school in Ghana. And I told my friends, I said, you know what? The money I will use to let these children go to school abroad, I can spread it among six other children to go to school in Ghana. They are not going anywhere. They are not going anywhere. I'm going to go to Zuarungu Secondary. Big boss, and the press like, oh, no, I'm in the name. And I'm called KNUST, KNUST, and I'm a whole. Open a brochure, you know. All die, be die. We are all here. 